We're good. Let's roll. All right. And I, I was telling our audience that today was a day without the fans, an opportunity right. for the commanders to just have a, you know, let's get down to business and practice. You got a chance to see that. But take us back to Saturday, first of all, when it turned into basically a fan fest. I think you estimated about 10,000 fans at one point or yeah. another came out to see the commanders. What was that like Saturday, John, in, in both the short picture and the big picture for this franchise? Well, short term, it just—I mean, well, short and big term kind of goes together here because they're all—they're here for the same reason. They're excited about this franchise again. Now, the last time they had crowds like this was when they were in Richmond, and they would have like RG 3s second year, which was the first year in Richmond. There were really good crowds because there was excitement around the team, and there was RG three. And then when you'd have like some of the joint practices, you'd get pretty good crowds. Because they're joint practices, right? You know, you have the Patriots coming in one year. You have the Texans, you know, things like that. But for a non-joint practice, this is probably the most they've had since that 2013 season. And it's, you know, then it was because RG3, they won 10 games. Now it's because fans feel like they can come back and root for them again. So short-term, it's, it's more about, again, for them, short-term is probably as much about the long-term because it's not like there's a ton of – there's a lot of uncertainties about this team. They might be good. They might be a seven-win team. But it's the ability to root for the franchise again and not feel like you're doing so um, despite your feelings for the owner. So you, that's what I think the thing, your big thing you see and hear from fans is hope, not as much for this season or about a particular player – but because the change at the top has energized everyone and gives them reason to believe that maybe good things could happen again. How much of that energy has gone to the players, John? A lot of the guys that you've talked to, without coming out and saying, obviously, oh, Daniel Snyder's gone, how much have you kind of told that there's just this different feeling amongst the players? Yeah, and I think they feel like that because of fan energy. I mean, keep in mind, like, I was talking to one player who said that he had never even – really talk to Dan Snyder. So it's not like they had a lot of dealings with that with him. Some key guys like a John Allen, Terry McLaurin, they're going to have a different relationship because they make a lot more money. But where they feel the trickle-down is the fan reaction. And they, they read social media, like Antonio Gibson was talking about, you know, basically saying, you know, maybe now we're not going to hear as many negative comments on social media because if he had tweeted something or said something, you'd have people coming back about the owner. And that's wearing on a player. So when you have a fan base that's energized and you have people coming out like John Allen told the crowd at the rally on, it was what, at FedEx after Harris took over, like he'd been waiting seven years to, to see energy like this and the fans like this. So they're excited because of the potential for it regardless of their feelings for Dan Snyder. I mean, again, most of them didn't even have a relationship with him. They weren't here when all this stuff happened. They just know what they read, and they know how the fans feel. So if the fans feel better, it trans it, you know, trickles down to them in a big way. Now, unfortunately, under Snyder, they had a lot of negative headlines, and another one came out today about Jamin Davis. Where do we kind of sit on this whole thing? I know he's going through a legal process, but can you kind of speculate where this might go? I, I don't. I, it's hard to speculate. What we know is he was um, charged with going 114 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone on a, at 1 p.m. March 28, 2022, in Lowndes County. He had a prior incident in December 
2021 where he was like, they knocked it down. It would have been reckless if they knocked it down. So you add those things up, and he was going to get 30 days possible jail time for this, pleaded it down to eight days, but the judge rejected that deal. So there's going to be another session on Thursday where they're going to schedule a time, I think, either for him to appeal it or possibly sentencing at another time. So what he's looking at now is some level of jail time. I mean, a reckless driving is up to 12 months in jail and a $2,500 fine in Virginia. So that's what he's looking at. It's not a good situation for him. I think the, I think the judge would have been a little bit more lenient with him had he not been going 114 miles an hour in a 45. So, you know, it's not not a good situation for him. You want him to be doing that on the field, uh, not on the highway, for sure. Right, right, what, right. What does, that, what does that do to the commander's situation at linebacker now, John? Good question. I think a lot of it hinges on Kalik Hudson. So first, there's two things. One, we don't know, you know, if Davis serves jail time, when would that be? We don't know. So it could happen after the season. Mm-hmm. But if you get that, you know, I, you know so – it may not impact his, his availability this year, but a big guy, a key guy to watch is Kalik Hudson. He's, you know, they did not add a lot at linebacker this offseason, in part because Hudson played well in the last game of the year and he had a good spring. And so they wanted to see more from him. And he's been working with the ones a lot next to Cody Barton, who was signed in the offseason. Davis has been working a lot with the twos and some with the ones in part because he missed a lot of time in the spring because of a minor knee procedure, and he needed to get caught up to speed again, and he was, and he was slow to grasp certain things. So it wasn't as much like they were moving away from him as much as he needed to catch up, but it's given Hudson a lot of time to show more of what he can do. And, you know, so I think if Davis can't play. Listen, Davis has the measurables, and behind this defensive front, he should be an all-pro with his measurables. But he hasn't been. And um, so he's going to, you know, it could give an opening for a guy like Hudson to get more time. He's John Kime from ESPN. You can follow him on Twitter as well, at John underscore Kime. And today would have been a great day to do that because he really detailed what he saw at practice today. So let's verbalize that a little bit, John. What did you see from practice today, particularly on the offensive side, where it looked like both quarterbacks had an opportunity to run the offense? They did, and they had like a little hurry-up drill, and all three of them, because Jake Fromm as well, but um, you know, Sam Howell had a tough day on Saturday, and the offense in general had a bad day. I mean, they did not look good at all. Howell did not have a good day, probably his worst day of camp. So it's always like, what do you do the next day? And he was better today than he was Saturday. That's a good sign for him and the offense, but there are questions about that line. Like That could be a big question for him going forward. For his play, there were a couple on that hurry-up drive, he ended it with a touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin, and against, who was going against Kendall Fuller. But he had a couple of plays in that drive where was like, okay, that's a good play. That's a good decision. And I think those are the things you want to see from him, and he showed that. And then um, Jacoby Brissett hit a new guy, Byron Pringle, who had been with Kansas City for a 30-yard strike, just a nice ball from, from Brissett. Brissett is a true pro. So, like, they're, they're in okay shape if Howell doesn't emerge, but I think they both have better days. I'll tell you, the group that really continues to jump out for me are the defensive backs. And Cam Curl had a pick today off of Howell, 
when I think he surprised him with the coverage. And, you know, but I think that group has been very, very good. Do you think that uh, Jake Fromm is a camp body, or is there a chance this team's going to carry three quarterbacks come regular season? I don't see – it would be hard to see them doing that, mainly because it would leave them short somewhere else. Like, I think they're going to want to carry 10 offensive linemen or four tight ends um, or an extra defensive lineman or, you know, someone, somewhere like, or maybe even an extra defensive back. I don't think that if Jake Fromm gets, if they cut him, that someone's going to pick him up. I mean, he's been a practice squad guy for a few years. I would have a, I would just have a hard time believing they would do that. I just don't, I don't see the need for that. And I think when you're, when you have to, you know, maximize roster spots, I don't see how he helps you on there because if all goes well, you have a young guy to build around and you have a, a veteran in Brissett. Um, so I don't, I don't think you need to carry him. I think putting him on the practice squad should be enough. John, what's next? As of, as far as of now, as... now, unless he goes, if he goes out there and has this great preseason, that's different. But as mm-hmm. of right now, it's hard to see that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What, what's next now in terms of the practice schedule? They haven't been in pads yet, right? Isn't that coming tomorrow. next? Yep. Full pads tomorrow. <laughs> so we finally get to see it. And, and that's the hard thing. Like, you talk about, we talk about this stuff, but you have to contextualize and say they're not in pads yet. And, like, I like watching the defensive backs and the receivers right now because I think you can get more information from watching them without pads than you can about the offensive linemen, linebackers, et cetera. And even, you know, so I think that, you know, I think to watch the full pad workouts between the O-line and the D-line will be as always fun to watch. So we'll finally start to learn a few more answers and then, you start to get a little bit more um, in a couple of weeks when they start the preseason games. They, they'll have the joint practices with the Ravens. That's going to be a big deal. Um, but, yeah, it starts tomorrow with the pads. Fun and informative from John Keim, as always, and we'll look forward to doing it again uh, as this preseason continues and we get into the regular season. As always, John, thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate your patience getting you on the air this afternoon. My, my pleasure. Always enjoy coming on here. Thank you. John Kime, and again, you can hear him with the John Kime Report here on 1061 ESPN Sunday mornings at 10, kind of a wrap-up of his podcasts throughout the week, which you can get wherever you get your podcasts as well. So pretty good start for the commanders so far. I think the fan interest has certainly been the overlying theme, Matt. But the one thing that you know I cautioned last week was at some point, that's going to go to the back burner. Like, at some point, it's going to wind up being between the white lines. we got to play the games. The team on the other sideline doesn't really care about who the owner of the other team is, and eventually it's going to come down to balling on the field. Yeah, I yes. But I'll say this. I think the energy in the stands will be a whole lot more different. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Now, of course, if they start losing and uh, towards the end of the season, will opponent, opposing fans show up? But, yes, I think this is the good first step. Now, of course, the Jamin Davis stuff takes you a yeah. step back. But, mm-hmm. yes, at least there's the right energy surrounding this team right now. Yeah, that's that's rough right there. And I get what John was saying. Like, you know, he he's probably going to serve some kind of uh, jail time. It sounds like this judge is being pretty tough on him, and understandably so. But it could come after the season. Now that'll put a black cloud over his head all year long. Who knows how he'll play with that. But I do think there is that possibility. And they need to keep these type of things to a minimum, considering all they've had in the past and where they're trying to head with positivity uh, moving forward. All right, we head to a break. We'll come back on the other side, finish up the first hour. Matt 
Matt will finish it up with us here up until 5 o'clock, and then I'll take you from 5 until 6. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon on 106.1 ESPN.